0: Welcome to Deeply Curious. My name is Cody Jensen, and joining me in our New York City studio apartment is my wife, Sarah. Hello. And a very special guest. Occasionally, we like to bring people on that are deep thinkers to join us in our conversations. And today, we have Lindsay Aaron Clark on the uh, podcast. Hey. Hey. And Lindsay is a podcaster herself, hosts a podcast called crap, just forgot it. Uh, Daring Romantics. Romantics. I had it. I wanted to say at the same time to make sure I did know what it was. I just got all caught up in my words. So Daring Romantics, uh, what was your podcast about? Sell it.
1: Sell it. Well, it is less about the how to of business because I think you can Google a lot of things or buy an e-course and it's more about the heart of business because I think sometimes we fail to talk about like the leadership and like the integrity and the character that goes into having your own business. So That's what it's about. You guys should listen. It's real
0: good. Have a strong me bias.
1: (laughs) I mean, I'm real partial.
0: (laughs) Um, before we jump in, well, this show is going to be about, uh, faking it till you make it. Yeah. Well, I think that is something we all three have experience in, and I think we're all three passionate about the topic in general. Yeah. So we're gonna talk about that before we jump into that though, I just want to let you know that this podcast is sponsored by Audible and Audible is a place where you can get thousands of audiobooks, and you can continue this, uh, learning journey after this podcast. Um, I have been reading the most recent book by Francis Chan. Um, Ooh. Letters to the Church, and it's all yeah. about his journey from being a, what most people would consider a mega pastor and author, celebrity pastor, and him saying, I don't think God called me to be a celebrity, he called me to be a disciple maker, and so he left it all behind and went on a journey of figuring out what does the Bible actually say yeah. about being this thing that we call pastors, and it's that. so interesting. Yeah. Um, if you would like to get a free audiobook and maybe check out Francis Chan's new book, you can go to audible.deeplycurious.fm. And just by downloading a free book of your choice, it helps out this show. And then you can cancel your membership. I don't care if you cancel it because yeah. I already get paid. <laughs> 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 that is uh, audible.deeplycurious.fm. Yes. So, fake it till you make it.
2: Fake it till you make it. I wanted to talk about this subject specifically with you, because I think maybe a couple months ago you posted that you, in college, you weren't a designer, you weren't a writer, but you really wanted to be. Yeah. And now you are a designer and a writer. And I think um, it's a really fascinating conversation to talk about how to get from, like, what you wish you were to, like...
1: To where you are. To where
2: you are. Um, And I think you have a lot of insight.
1: Yeah. Man, guys... I was the most terrible creative there ever was. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a thing? (laughs) I wanted to be so creative when I was in college and I had so many creative friends, and I think that I was just like, I'm going to be this. Like, I'm going to be creative in some way, shape, or form. And so I started with painting, and I was a terrible painter. <laughs> it was so bad. I have so many paintings that are still in my friends' rooms, and I'm like, why do you have that up there? Um, but I actually learned graphic design because somebody like flaked out on making a poster for me while I was in college. And... It was like a one-hour like graphic design session at a Starbucks at 71st in Lewis in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm. And from there, I just knew a ton of graphic designers, and it was always like they were amazing. Like, you know, some of our friends are just incredible designers, and it's like thinking about who they are compared to like you are, and you didn't have any skill sets, and like nobody ever really taught you except over, like, a cup of coffee, it's, like, really intimidating to call yourself a designer and to want to step into that when they're so good. It's, like, why would you ever be, like, a graphic designer when you have Dodge Pangburn as your friend? (laughs) And he's (laughs) amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I think that it was really intimidating for me to, like, want to call myself a graphic designer because I had so many friends, like, Dodge and Krista and, like, all these different people in my life who were so fantastic. And... Yeah, it just like really kept me from calling myself a designer. Like I would always say, Oh, I do graphic design on this side. Mm. And even with writing, like I never called myself a writer because I felt like, oh, I haven't published anything. Like I just like write on a blog and I like had started this document on my computer called Rabbit Trails, which kind of um was just like my little exercise. Like I'd start writing a topic and then like I'd close my computer and the next day I'd like start writing again, like where I I ended and Mm -hmm. was kind of my way of like training myself to write a book one day but like because I had never published anything and because I wasn't as good as all these other people I kind of felt like I'm not these things you know like I'm not a graphic designer I'm not a writer because I haven't I'm not good enough Mm -hmm. you know and I specifically remember one day I had moved back home to San Diego and I was at an event and somebody asked me what I did and I was like oh I'm a Jill of all trades and kind of I feel too like as women we almost like downplay what we do, Mm -hmm. and we feel like we have to, like, apologize. You've probably never (laughs) experienced this in your life, Cody. (laughs) But as women, this is, like, a thing that happens is, like, we feel the need to downplay everything that we do and apologize for having these skill sets and then justify the fact that we're not doing them Mm full-time. And so I would always be like, oh, I'm a Jill of all trades. I do this, 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 and I do graphic design on the side. And one time after the party, I just, like, really felt like – convicted like Lindsay you do graphic design all the time and that's really the only place that you're making your money like you should start calling yourself a graphic designer (laughs) and but like literally in my head I just kept on thinking like but all these other people who are so much better and I also felt too to call myself designer meant that I had to be um like if people had like you had to meet people's expectation Mm -hmm. right like people Mm -hmm. have this expectation of like what you should like your level of expertise and if you don't meet that then you're like I'm a fraud and then mm-hmm. you'd be like all this imposter syndrome and stuff and so I was like the safe way to not feel that is just to say that I do it on this side because then nobody will expect me to be good mm-hmm. if I'm crappy then they're just like well she just does it on this side you know and so after this event I really felt the conviction of like you need to start calling yourself a graphic designer I was like okay the next time somebody asks what I do I'm just gonna say I do graphic design I'm a graphic designer. So the next event that I went to, I actually introduced myself as a designer. And that was, like, so intimidating for me because it's intimidating saying that you do something, you know? And you do feel like the imposter because you're like, but I'm really not that good. And I remember saying that, like, I'm really not that great. Like, just because Mm -hmm. I still wanted to, like, I wanted their expectation level to be right here so that I could, like, blow them away maybe. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And um, what I actually found out that was when I started calling myself a graphic designer, I actually gave myself the permission to be good, Mm -hmm. which I think is like a really powerful thing. Like, I think that there is so much power in a name and taking ownership of a name. And so what happened was I started calling myself a graphic designer and I started acting and thinking and moving like a graphic designer. And I gave myself the permission to explore, to experiment, to be bad, to be messy, to ask questions. And ultimately, like I saw like my skill level, like go from here to here. And it was just, if you're watching this podcast you can see if you're listening to this podcast yes. you can't see that I just literally raised my hand but you get the idea A to B yeah. <laughs> um but yeah so it was just like really cool like I think that yes it's baking it till you make it but it's also deciding like I'm gonna take on this title and like mm-hmm. take on ownership of it
2: I think that's actually really maybe a good like uh distinctive, like, difference in, like, faking it until you make it. Because, so, we've, Cody and I have talked about this a lot, about, um, you always hear, like, the success stories are always like, oh, I maxed out my credit card to move where I wanted to move, but I don't suggest that you do that. Or, I lied on my resume and told them I knew Photoshop when I didn't, but I don't suggest that you lie. You know, there's always this, this unkosher thing that, like, you know, somebody did, in order to like be successful, um, but but then they're all they always like kind of preface it by like I don't necessarily think that this is this. yeah, and I was just thinking about like how I almost kind of feel like it's necessary right, mm-hmm. and it's not necessary to max out your credit cards. I'm not saying that, but I do think like there's this like. Um, You literally have to put everything on the line. You give yourself no option. Of backing out. Of backing out. And no option of failure because you have nothing else. Right. And I think um, that's like a really good maybe like indicator is that it's not necessarily faking it till you make it. It's giving yourself the Mm -hmm. like freedom to say like, no, this is who I am, or this is what I do. And it's also like taking
1: away the safety net, where it's like, I think that sometimes like we cheat ourselves out of experiencing all of life because we're still living with a safety net, but it's like when you remove that safety net and say, nope, this is what I am, this is what I'm doing, it's like, well, sink or swim, because (laughs) this is what you're doing. (laughs) and This is what you're doing, and so then you get, like, you almost like force yourself to become good at it, or you force yourself to like take that next step and take that next next risk.
2: Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. I think um, when you were saying the, like, oh, but I, I only do it on the side or like the imposter yeah. syndrome, the whole time I was thinking like, oh yeah, that's exactly what I do. Because <laughs> I, I don't tell people that I'm a writer. I say like, oh, like we make videos, we are podcasters, you know, whatever. Also, I write a little bit. Like, yeah, that's really Exactly <laughs> yeah. how I it's like
0: you're more confident in saying the things that I do that you're attached to yeah. than saying the thing mm. that you are really good at.
2: Yeah. You're like for sure.
0: Oh yeah. We are YouTubers and we're podcasters and I mean I write as well. It versus yeah. leading with I am a writer and I do YouTube and podcasting with my husband.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Which is I, that's just funny. So what would happen? <laughs> what would happen if you like switched and like you started saying that you were a writer first? I honestly don't know but it's I know for a fact that I do it because I'm scared that like you know maybe my writing isn't like what I want it to be or maybe they're not going to think that is what I want it to be etc.
1: I totally resonate with that because literally that was my entire experience. Yeah that's for sure what
0: I do. <laughs> What's funny is I was always the exact opposite. Like <laughs> You're I, eight right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, enneagram eight is what that refers to, and yeah. I um, was always very confident in what I could do and who I was. Mm-hmm. And I was a photographer, or I was a videographer, or I was a designer, and I was blinded to the fact that I sucked. Like I, I was. <laughs> overconfident, way overconfident in my skills. <laughs> and th- but it kind of plays into what you're saying though, is that like I was able to find my career. My s- I was hired full time my senior year of high school as a graphic designer.
1: That's amazing.
0: And I sucked, but I sold myself. You know, is like mm-hmm. I went into that space confident mm-hmm. that I was a designer and I could do everything that could be done and that everything else that anybody else could do was awful and mine was awesome but yeah. it's like looking at it i mean i realized i mean part of that was the fact that i was fresh out of high school and that i was a boy and i was 18 19 20 21 years old which comes with just you know being arrogant and mm-hmm. blinded by the fact that you don't know it all yeah and mm-hmm. so well le- you know once i passed that era of my life and started looking back at stuff and realizing oh wait you Don't know it all, one, um, and two, you are really bad. Um, like, <laughs> look at that! Like, you,
1: you know. isn't that the worst to like go back and yes. be like, wow,
0: <laughs> yeah. which is good? You should, I mean, if you look, you should always look back at the stuff you've done and say that's not great because that means that your taste has evolved and right. hopefully your skills have evolved with it,
1: yes. Yeah. Um,
0: but if you go years. And look back at your stuff and be like, wow, that's exactly what I would do today. You should probably actually reevaluate what you're doing today. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But my question in this would be, is it ever, I don't know, like too early to say that you're a designer or that you're a photographer or, Mm. I mean, this is all in the creative space because I think we all, I mean, this is what we know. But you right. could apply this to anything. Like, is it too? When is it too early to call yourself a mechanic? When is it too early right. to call yourself a plumber? Like right. in anything, is is there a point when it's too early to to change your Instagram bio to <laughs> social media influencer?
1: I mean, okay, in all honesty, <laughs> yes, right? Yeah. Like if I like, okay, if I have never picked up a camera before and I go right. to Best Buy and I pick up a camera.
0: A 5D Mark
1: III. A 5D Mark III. Obviously. That's going to be <laughs> your Duh. first camera. Duh. My first camera. Don't even get a new lens. <laughs> I just use the lens that it comes with. Should I call myself a photographer? No. Right. I'm a person with a camera. Right. That takes really great pictures. And until I learn the settings, until I learn how to play with all the manual settings, until mm-hmm. I get some new lenses, until I like experiment a little bit, mm-hmm. then... Like you can right. get to that point, but it's like just because you like download Adobe Photoshop to your computer does not make you a designer, right? You know, like right. Go design some stuff first. Find out if you actually want to be that, mm-hmm. you know. And I think yeah. for me, it was like I did want to be a designer, and so like I had to get to the point where it was like, yes, I was experimented, I played, but I knew that I wanted to be the designer. And like same with you, like mm-hmm. you're already done exploring. Like you know that you want to be the writer, right? you're done exploring as well you know Mm -hmm. like you know that you like want to be doing all these different things and it's when you hit that point of like okay I know that this is what I want to do I know I want to continue going down this direction I think that that's when you say this is what I am Mm. yeah I totally agree I definitely think you can
2: say it too early I mean we know people right
0: (laughs) (laughs) we are all thinking of very specific examples we know in our life you know (laughs)
2: It's true like there's a little um I because I think maybe and this is maybe just like my personal opinion but I think that no matter what you do you should be like true and authentic and it's very inauthentic to call yourself a designer if you've never created anything for anybody right, right? like that's not fair and not Cool mm-hmm. <laughs> to say you're a master of something if you haven't done the what thing. What do you mean I haven't
0: created? I created the flyer for my youth group <laughs> about the new trunk or treat. Right. I'm a designer. Trunk or
1: treat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, think- I
0: opened Word. There was some <laughs> clip art involved. I'm a designer, Sarah.
2: Right. Sorry. Well, <laughs> I do think that that's a little inauthentic. Yeah. And that's, that's just like me, because I care about authenticity right. way too much. But.
0: I think my favorite metaphor for this conversation is, you know, people, I think it's it it's so common, especially in the photography space, mm-hmm. right? to go buy that 5D Mark II, Mark III, and now all of a sudden you are a photographer and you're handing out business cards and being like, I can do your wedding photos. And you're like, have you even taken a photo? <laughs> like, do you know composition? Um, but because the equipment... It's like the equipment justifies the title is what people believe. But you would never remodel your kitchen, get a brand new oven, a brand new mixer, and then start handing out business cards that you're a master chef. You're a master baker. And go start applying in all these restaurants and be like, I'm a chef. And like, okay, like what are some of your recipes or whatever people ask for in Mm -hmm. in cooking world? And you're like, well, I mean, I just bought a Smeg refrigerator. (laughs) you're like, okay, but like what have you made? Yeah, It's like nothing because nobody compliments the cook's oven Mm -hmm. on how good the food is, Mm -hmm. but people compliment the photographer's camera on how good the photos are. Right, And so in turn that makes people feel like, well, if I buy the right stuff, then I can call myself this thing."
1: thing. Yeah. I think technology has like really made it easy for people to call things before they actually are the thing yeah like even like with website design right like I know so many people who put website designer on their bio and I'm like then I get the dm oh man (laughs) is this bad to say no then I get the dm and they're like hey um how do I build a website and I'm like what (laughs) you literally have website designer in your bio and then you're dming me asking Mm -hmm. me how to build a website and what my process is you're not a website designer yet and that's okay to admit like you don't have to be it just yet like and I think the thing too is people don't want to learn under under anybody else these days yeah like they want to figure it out on their own which is awesome but I really believe that there's something unique and special about learning under somebody else and like being an apprentice of the skill that you want to learn and I think that we've lost that because we're such a me culture and such a prideful culture and, like, we want to say that we've done the thing. We're self-made. We're self-made. But there is no shame in being an apprentice of a skill set first. Also, nobody is actually self-made. Right. Just... (laughs) That's not a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And if you...
0: And if you you study successful people, they will all talk about the people they surrounded themselves with that helped them along their way. And then, you know, there's the... I cannot remember even to be, I can't even begin to remember which president it was or which person it was that had this quote, but they basically said like, they don't have any of the answers, but they know who to call Mm. for any of the answers. Like they surrounded themselves with the people that they needed to access any information that they possibly could know, which makes that person ultimately the smartest person to know because they know how to find the answers. Right. More so than like having them themselves, they're surrounding yourself with with those learning with those environments. Yeah, that's um, really good. I think for uh, like faking it till you make it, learning things. I would say a piece of advice that I have is, um, if you're learning something, this isn't really about when to start calling yourself a, right. a something, but is to copy and to mimic and yes. to find things that you, you know, now, right now in your taste level, you really love it. And Mm -hmm. you're like, I love this thing. Take that thing and figure out how to recreate it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If it's a design, go in Photoshop, go in illustrator and try to make it almost like try to figure out the process used to make that thing and make it, see if you can get it anywhere close to what it is. Same with a photo. You love the photo. Go out Put your camera in manual and try to get that photo Mm -hmm. exactly how that photo is.
2: Writing a piece of music. Right. All of it.
0: And I'm saying this because I feel like I have seen so many examples of people who, like we said, they download Photoshop, they buy a camera, they are now a designer, they are a photographer, but they've never taken that, like what you're saying, that exploration time. Um, And I don't think I think there is so much value in taking that time to just play, yeah. to just explore, and to not post anything.
1: Yeah.
2: That's a huge thing that now we definitely don't understand. Like we, I feel like our generation, our culture, it's very much like, why aren't you creating and posting it online? Like if, yeah. you're, if you're not putting it out there, if you're not posting it, there's no point in making it at all which is not true. It's so not true. It's so not true. It's like true. The,
0: the very first thing that you do, you probably shouldn't post it unless you're wanting to post your journey. Right. Like it, sharing your journey, that is a different conversation, but what I'm saying is don't look at uh, I can't think a shepherd fairy painting, mm-hmm. go in and then you're trying to learn how to paint and you paint it. Don't go sharing that and be like, "Look at me, I'm a painter." Right. right. Like
1: But here's the thing, I know so many people Who are so incredibly talented, who do not want to create because, or who have trouble creating because it's, what's the point if you don't post? Right. Yeah. and I mean, I kind
2: of feel that. I feel that a lot of times. Like I kind of fall into the pattern of like, well... If I'm not gonna post this on Instagram or my website or whatever, then why would I even sit down and write it? Like For the sake
1: of creating. I
2: well to- yes. Yeah. I absolutely agree with that, but I find myself falling into that like pattern of thinking. that pattern because it's very much what our culture or society like pushes. Mm-hmm. Is like be in front of people, be in front of people, more and more and more content and content and content. And it's just like you have to, I think. I've actually thought about this a lot more recently because I've been noticing like you watch specifically with like musicians and bands, they literally go away from social Mm -hmm. media for months and months at Mm -hmm. a time. They're like, I'm leaving. I'm going to go write my album. I'll be back in a year. Right. Right? And they do. They leave and they go write music and they're just like focusing on their creativity and then they come back and share it. Like, why aren't we doing that? Like, why is it? Just like, oh, you wrote something, so now you have to post it tonight. Or, you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You made a video, so now you have to post it tomorrow. Like, why can't it be something you actually work on and perfect before you share
0: it? Because we have zero patience. Zero. And we
2: need affirmation. Mm -hmm. You need validation. Yep, that's exactly it. We, We feel like we need... We need people to tell us, like, oh, this is good so that we can keep making it. Or that we feel justified in continuing. Mm-hmm.
1: But but I think about, like, all of the old, like, painters, like, back in the day. Like, Picasso mm-hmm. and, like, Da Vinci and, like, everyone who, like, ever created something good. Like, they created in... Like hidden spaces. Like people didn't see what they were creating. Like back in the day, like and they became the greatest artists of all time because like they crafted their skill set and they didn't let the opinions of other people Mm -hmm. shape how they created. They just created what was authentic and true to them. And if we can get back to that space, I think that we'll be creating with more innovation, but we're limiting our innovation because we're constantly posting, constantly putting out there, constantly letting people's opinions shape how we go forth and create. Like I see mm-hmm. it all the time like I'm in an Instagram pod with these girls and I love them to death and I just see their creativity creativity being um like shaved away because they're letting the opinions of Instagram shape how they create. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, "Oh, this photo didn't get a lot of likes. This thing didn't get a lot of likes, so I'm going to change how I'm creating so that it gets more likes." It's a stupid algorithm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're literally creating for an algorithm where it's, we should be creating for our souls. Mm-hmm. And we should, like, be creating in secret. And then, not in secret, but, like, in that hidden space. I think we shouldn't be afraid to go to the yeah. hidden space. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I think yeah. we're afraid
2: to walk away from the um, the attention and the relevant mm-hmm. um aspect of social media we're afraid to go into this space where nobody's going to notice us for a minute you right. know yeah that's what I think and I think I definitely find myself being shaped by like I find myself my writing kind of like lessened um the more I'm on Instagram mm. and Pinterest like reading quotes and right. and things like that I find the way that I write much more critical like, I'm very critical of the words the more I'm on social media. And so... Which makes sense. It makes sense, yeah. Because I'm I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh, they wrote these words together and it's beautiful. Why should I even... It's too much comparison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like Word. you're
0: self-editing and, yeah. so, and comparing your process to somebody's published work.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It is never meant to happen that way. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Social media is such a beautiful thing, but I think that it really hinders us from creating in the way that we were meant to create Mm -hmm. and I think that it makes me sad because it's like there's so much like goodness and greatness like inside of each of us and it's never like you were saying like we're self-editing before we ever actually put it on paper or produce it and it's like we keep ourselves from like creating the good thing I was talking to my friend she's like trying to write a book right now and she was like talking to me about the writing process and everything And I was like, don't edit anything that you're writing. Mm -hmm. Just write it, get it all out there, and do the editing later. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what we need to do as creators is just, like, get it all out there, edit later. But, Mm -hmm. like, you can't get it all out there in public. Like, you have to get it all out there in private. And then, like, as we're saying, show the world the finished product, but not necessarily the process.
0: Mm -hmm. That actually reminds me that about this weekend, this past week, we were, we went back to Oklahoma, and we were hanging out with our family, and my sister got married, and... We were that day I was filming um, because I was filming for vlogging and YouTubing and all that type of stuff. And so I kept thinking about like, what do I need to film for the video? And then Mm -hmm. at a certain point during the day, I was just thinking like in if this was 10 years ago. I wouldn't be thinking about this at all. I would just be filming because I would not be thinking about who is going to watch this. Right. Yeah. I would just be filming because I am capturing this memory for me or in my family to watch later. And so you just film stuff because right. you're hanging out with your family, you're hanging out with your friends and you're just out there with your camcorder on your shoulder <laughs> just filming stuff or with your cam, you know, this <laughs> Sony cam from 2001. And, you know, we, and I was just thinking about I've thought about this a lot because we used to do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had boxes of mini DV tapes of just us filming. at Christmas and at film and filming going to the beach, like whatever it is. It's just filming because I wanted to right. and because I loved having those memories. Sarah and I have talked about this actually quite a bit because that's we used to do this before YouTube was a thing, right? we would just take our mini DV camera and I have boxes mm-hmm. of mini DV tapes of just doing stuff. Um, when I was a kid, Aww. skating, us hanging out and just like like uh, going to her grandparents' lake house and just making these videos just to make them and just to film stuff for memory. Yeah, That's it. For
2: no purpose. No purpose mm. other than
0: memories because I, I, it energizes me to do that. And I love having the memories in the archives of the videos. It's like one of my favorite things. And so during the day, I just like got to the point where I was like, basically told myself to quit telling the story. Like, Mm -hmm. and just even if I don't make a video out of today, because i even thought about that, like. Maybe I won't even make this a video, but I just need, I just want to stop thinking about like what story am I telling? I'm just going to start right. filming stuff because I'm just hanging out with my family. I haven't seen, I haven't been to Oklahoma in a year and three months. I haven't seen my family in however long, cause the, the mm-hmm. business in New York, but I haven't seen them in forever. And instead of like thinking about, you know, point A to point B to point C to point mm-hmm. D, it's like, just enjoy yeah. the day and yeah. film it because I'm making this home movie. Right. That I get to enjoy. And
1: automatically there's a story there. Right. Yeah. I think that that just makes me think like we put so much pressure on ourselves to like create this story, to create this narrative, to create something for this unknown audience that we can't see and feel instead of just creating to capture or to Mm -hmm. creating because it makes us feel alive or Mm -hmm. creating because that's what we enjoy. And it's like, if we just create it out of the enjoyment, Mm -hmm. then... It would serve a purpose at the end of the day, because if we enjoy it, somebody else will enjoy it. And it's like, when you're filming just like your family and just like having fun, like there's automatically just like a story unfolding that sometimes we miss like the organic story because we're trying to curate another story. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's, it's so true because, I mean,
2: when we came back from Oklahoma, my thought was, we didn't even film an Oklahoma vlog. We didn't, we're not going to put any videos out from that because we didn't, we only filmed one day and it was very sporadic because we were hanging out with people and we didn't film an ending and we didn't film, you know, like there was all this, I was like, I didn't even was. ask
0: people to subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> how was like, it? How was it? A YouTube it even video? Count? <laughs>
2: yeah. I was like, oh, well we didn't even like, because usually we kind of have a conversation of like what the video is going to be. And things like that. We didn't talk about it. You know, none of that. So I was like, well, we probably just won't even put out a video. But then he made the little Oklahoma vlog anyway. And so many comments are like, oh, this is my favorite vlog you've done so far. Um, Very great. Like, such a nostalgic vlog. You know, all the stuff or whatever. And it's just funny because it was not even... I kind of thought like, oh, this is going to be crap because we didn't plan anything. Right. Right. But it's not true. Like you were saying, there's automatically a story mm-hmm. to tell. And you, I think sometimes we get too caught up in, like, what what we're supposed to do or what we're supposed to create instead of, like, just creating.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And it comes down to people probably liked it so much because it was was authentic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's something that you mentioned earlier was, like, authenticity. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, how much do we miss creating authentic work because we're so busy creating curated work? Mm-hmm. And it's, like, then... The curation, like, I know for myself, like, I feel, like, isolated mm-hmm. when I see so much curated work. It's, like, I can't relate to that. You know, like, I see people traveling to, like, what is that place in Italy that I need to go to? Quince Oh, Oh, uh, I don't remember, but I know what you're talking Positano. about. Positano? Yeah. All those places, it's, like...
0: Positano. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, like, all these, like, places, it's, like, all these curated moments are not real. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, it, I can't relate to it. And but the authentic moments, like the moments where you're like road tripping with your friends or you're mm-hmm. doing something at a park with friends, like all those like authentic moments are something that people can relate to. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just think that there's something beautiful about like stopping with the curation and like curated content is so good, right? I'm not saying like... Right. Anything. I don't think any of us is going right. to like that extreme. Right, I mean, we're anything. all
0: artists. We're right. all artists. Like that's we. that's what we love to do. Mm-hmm. There's
2: something really great and beautiful about curating your work totally right? we're not arguing that I don't think
1: no not at all but there's also something to be said about just like letting moments be moments and just like mm-hmm. creating out of like the authentic overflow of being a creator mm-hmm. yeah I totally agree
0: yeah and it made me think about how the vast majority of people you know our even our age group are not going to be and honestly, aren't even trying to be social media influencers. They're not trying to make it into right. a job, but they put as much pressure on themselves like so it was your job. Right. And it's like, well, I'm not going to post you know, this photo because um, even though I really like, this landscape with this beautiful bridge and flowers that, you know, I, this reminds me of this moment I had. I'm not going to like post it because I know if it's not my face, then it's probably only going to get like a hundred likes. But when I post my face, it gets 600. And so instead of posting this thing that made you feel something, you go over and you set yourself up with a book and a mug and -hmm. some cute coffee shop and take a picture of your face because you know that you're going to get validated by Mm -hmm. 600 likes and some comments about how beautiful you are.
1: Right.
0: And I think, I don't know. I just feel like there is some validity to thinking that way when it is literally your livelihood. Like whenever Mm -hmm. you made it your job. Like I think you have to think that way sometimes. But
2: But then it's a completely different
0: Right. But most of the time it's not your job. It's like it's supposed to be to connect with people. Right. So why do we care so much, (laughs) I guess?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, there's like so many. Like my mind is going in so many directions right now. I'm like thinking of so many things because like, you know, like bringing it back to the idea of like artists and like faking it till you make it and like the validity and the affirmation. It's like, man, some of the greatest artists of all times were never affirmed in their day. Mm -hmm. I have, I think about that all the time because mostly I think it's
2: like, it's really sad.
0: Right. Right. Like F. Scott
2: Scott Fitzgerald died thinking he was a failure and he literally Mm -hmm. wrote, he wrote the American classic, like. One of the most all time celebrated authors, and he thinks he was a failure, right? The right. same as Vincent van Gogh, right? One of the best painters to ever live, never sold. I don't think he ever sold a piece while he was alive. Yeah, I think he didn't sell until after he died. And that is mind blowing and wild. And here we are thinking that, like we need validation and what it's it's not true. Like y- you are an artist. And I also think part this is getting into maybe a different conversation but like uh social media and art are different
1: oh so different
2: you know so like calling yourself an artist is one thing calling yourself um a social media whatever is another like Mm -hmm. you can be really good at social media and not a great artist and vice versa Mm -hmm.
0: but it doesn't like because most photos look good whenever they're only 500 by 500 pixels
1: right (laughs) (laughs) it's not it's not 100 by 500 pixels got me (laughs) It's not
2: hard to learn how to flat lay, you know? Right? It's, yeah. it's really not. And it. I, I'm not saying that that can't be an art, but it, there's just, like, something about, like, just because you're really good on Instagram doesn't mean you're a great artist. Mm-hmm.
0: It just makes Sorry. you a great Instagrammer. Yeah. Which and that's is great. A, is a talent. Yeah. But yeah. There's... I think your thing is... Not, I,
2: yeah, I have a
0: thing. I mean, we've, actually, we've had a whole oh, podcast. I I want to know the
1: thing. We have a whole podcast <laughs> yeah. about
0: this, um, but... Sarah really, really hates I, um, I guess degrading mm-hmm. art to content. Yeah, I really hate it. And, it's and, a oh, whole conversation. Yes. And, and, I and, elevating,
2: conversation. And, and, and elevating
0: and and elevating content to art.
2: Yes, and I think that there's a very fine I do think there's a fine line. I think that content can be art and that art can be content, but I think that we're just kind of throwing everything under this umbrella and it's
1: not It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. same. Art moves you. Yes. Art speaks to your soul. Content fulfills a purpose of marketing.
0: What if it moves me to like it?
1: (laughs) I mean, (laughs) still, marketing (laughs) It probably does. (laughs) Did it change your soul? (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) You you hit the like button. (laughs) There was definitely some soul things happening. I'm
0: I'm very liberal with my likes, though. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) you are
2: um yeah I just have a little bit of a thing for that so that's a completely different conversation I also romanticize things a little too much and I feel yeah anyway yeah that's just how I am you know (laughs) but I do think that um like you can be an artist and do social media really well and like it is a good tool I just think maybe we're just too concerned with social media. Like, even artists who are posting their stuff and using it as an avenue for marketing are maybe a little too concerned with it. Yeah. And I go back to the, like, musicians disappear mm-hmm. to write their albums. Mm-hmm. They they go off the grid. Like, they delete everything. They don't check it. They don't even, like... It's not even like I don't post it. I don't get on it. Right. Because that influences your art. Yeah. And I think that we don't pay enough attention to that
1: yeah I just got back from a five day escape Mm. from social media slash wi-fi slash cell service that sounds fantastic oh guys (laughs) it was real good for the soul I actually got back on social media and I was like ooh, (laughs) legitimately like I was like the only reason I'm here is because I need to be here yeah but like Why do we do this to ourselves? Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. There is definitely such a beautiful thing about social media. And I have so much to thank social media for. Like, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have any of my businesses. I wouldn't have had half the opportunities I've had. So I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. Like, I think we all know the benefits of social media. I think we -hmm. also have to be aware of the negative things of social media. Mm -hmm. But there's just like, man, we're, we're on it. I think we just need to limit how much we're on it, maybe. Yeah. And limit the power that it has in our lives Mm -hmm. of what we do and create. Because I think even just like hearing... Here's another thing, right? There's too many humble brags happening on social media. (laughs) And so then it makes you feel like shit when you're like whoa they're doing this but half the humble brags are lies yeah how do we you know what I yeah. mean like I literally on my way to your guys's apartment I was just talking to one of my girlfriends Tara and I was saying um that like it is a thing within my industry for people to brag about their stats in order to get mm-hmm. more people to tune into their podcast or to buy courses from them and it just like totally stifles your creativity because when you see like, oh man, my stats aren't there. Oh man, Mm -hmm. I'm not making that much money. And then it makes you question yourself as a creator Mm -hmm. and you're like, should I be doing this thing? Like, should I like be creating and like putting content out there in the world? And it's just like, man, like if we just like limited the power and said, like, okay, social media can only... Like, I don't even think that this is possible. I don't know how this is happening. <laughs> but, like, if you, like, decide in your head that, like, social media can only have so much power in your life, I think we would be so much better off. Mm-hmm. I totally agree.
0: So, back to the conversation of faking it until you make it. So, yeah. what you just said. There are so many people who are fluffing.
1: Right. Their There's stats, a lot of fluffing.
0: And, I mean, it, technically, they're faking it. Mm-hmm. But is there value... Like, let, is there anything wrong? Like, what do we think about? I guess what, opening up yeah. the conversation to what do we think about that? In the fact that on, on the receiving side, we need to not let it have power over us looking at other right. people's, right. what they're doing, comparing, because they're in the same industry, because of X, Y, Z, we're comparing ourselves. But for people who are, you know, trying to be a uh, teacher, course sellers right. and whatever it is, podcasters mm-hmm. and stuff. I guess what what are, you, what are your thoughts on on the fluff the, the faking technically so, on the faking it right, so that they can, can oh, they can ultimately make it.
2: I have probably pretty conflicting emotions about it, <laughs> um, because I think that it's not right. I, I again that like goes to the authenticity side mm-hmm. of me. I feel like it is maybe harder but in the long run i do think that like authenticity and truth and honesty and vulnerability pays off and so i think like we have been very specific about saying like we are not making it on youtube like we're not rich by any means we're not even paying all of our bills we're you know whatever um and i think people appreciate that i think that um uh, even like when you were on the relevant podcast and you mentioned that you're like They said, how do you do that in New York? You said, well, I'm living off of savings. (laughs) Just kind of as a joke. But um, who was it? The girl who was on the podcast that day. She was like, oh, wow. Like in the background.
0: Annie F. Downs. Yeah.
2: They didn't really like she didn't say much about it. But she was like, wow, thank you for like being honest. You know, I think like people actually do appreciate that more than they even realize I think they want it more than they realize yeah um so I think there is value in saying like hey look I'm not I'm just trying to like do what I want I don't I'm not actually making it um but then I also look at like faking it till you make it in a little different sense than that like I look at it more like um kind of like what we were talking about in the beginning where we were saying, like, we've done the exploring. I know this is what I want. I know that I have, like, a legitimate chance at this being what I – like, there's some talent and some skills, you know? And so then saying, like, okay, I'm a designer. Even though I don't have a lot of experience, I know that I have the capability. Right. You know? Not so much in saying, like, oh, look at me. Like, Mm -hmm. I have these stats that aren't true. Like, it's kind of a different scenario for me. So,
1: yeah, I feel the same way. I'm not about the fluff because also the fluff can get you people in, right? Mm-hmm. Like they can bring mm-hmm. people to you. But if you don't have the know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the skill, the talent, the character, it doesn't matter if they come, they're going to leave,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know? So like the fluff only does so much for you. Like, yeah, you can fake it all day long, but you're never actually going to make it mm-hmm. because you don't have the necessary skill sets and talent to keep them there. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Totally.
2: That's exactly it.
0: Um, I don't know if it necessarily fits in this conversation that we're having right now, but it just reminded me of, I, I heard a really, I can't remember his name, but it was a like a really big course guy. He, mm-hmm. he creates courses all the time, and that's like his thing. And he talked about how he would always... And when he started, I think maybe even now, he would pre-sell courses that he hadn't even wrote. Oh, Um, I
1: just found out that's a thing. Yeah.
0: And so he would like, you know, if if he found, you know, he made this course and there was somebody in the comments, you know, said, I would love if you made a course on how to take a good Instagram photo, you know, whatever it is. And then he would he would test that and, and and start like asking people. If they would be interested in a course about, you know, how to take a good Instagram photo. And then if he had enough people say yes, he would just sell the course. And then if he hit a threshold of sell, have enough being sold, he would sell 100 courses without ever even having a course. But because he sold 100 of them, now he has to actually create it. And yeah. so then he would tell himself, okay, I've sold 100. Now I have a week and a half or whatever it is to create this course to get it out by the deadline that I told these people it was going to be out by. First
1: of all, that is a wild schedule to put, like, a uh, pressure to put on yourself. Yes. <laughs> I literally just met a girl this week who tells me that she did that. Really? Mm-hmm. And she said, so I said, what happens if you don't sell that money? She goes, well, then I just return the money to the people who bought it. I was just like, mind blown. And people aren't upset about that, though? Like, I feel like if... I think this girl framed it as this is a beta. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So she said that this was a beta. At least that's what she told me. It was, like, in quick passing by. Yeah. But I was just like, whoa, like, people do this. For that, like, I don't know. Like, I don't mind that.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like, I don't same. mind
1: doing that. Like, that's, like, that's actually smart business. Right. If we're being honest. Like, that's right. smart business. Right. right. It's Testing the that, market yeah. to see if it's worth it. It's right. almost
0: like a, a minimum viable product without even having the product. Like, you're right. selling it yeah. first. Like, yeah, you're, right. you're proving... You're proving the market is there before you even create the, totally. like the product itself. Because
1: like if the market's not there, why would you want to spend hours creating this course? Mm-hmm. Or hours creating this thing that people don't actually care about? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. smart. Yeah. I should do that. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that.
0: Um, so guys, we have, we have a new course that we're launching right now. Um, and it is uh, how to stay off social media. Um, yeah. We are going to teach you all about that. And you can Who's order interested? it right now. <laughs>
1: And still make a million dollars. Ooh, guys.
0: <laughs> How to stay off social media and still make a million dollars? I
1: think that that could be a winner.
0: <laughs> well, see, the course, the, the thing is, is it cost one million dollars. <laughs> so we figured out that if you sell one course, you can stay off social media and make a million dollars.
2: Wow, we're so smart.
0: Yes. If two, of you want to buy it, we'll we'll price it at five hundred.
2: Uh, five hundred. Yeah. You know, we're yeah. fine. <laughs> um. Just because I think this is an interesting kind of quote thing, I'm totally leaving the joke now. Um, There's a... a, Just so you know,
0: the joke is now over.
2: It's done. I'm ending it. Um, There's a quote. You were talking earlier about, like, imitating and, like, seeing if you can recreate a very specific, you know, whatever. And there's a quote that it reminded me of. um, I don't know who it's by. I don't even remember the exact words. But it was basically saying, like... Yeah. It was basically saying, like, you you have to learn all of the rules, so then that you can, you can break, break all, all of the rules. rules. Yeah, and I think that I is, said that. Oh, you said that. Yep. Okay, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna give it to me.
2: <laughs> By Michael Cody Scott. Jensen. Yeah, Cody crossed <laughs> out the Cody Jensen. Yeah. Um, I think that is so key mm-hmm. in creating anything. But then, like, also like faking it till you make it. Like, I feel like that really is the defining like yes learn all of the rules and then break all of them in creating something that is uniquely you Mm -hmm. you know it's
1: so powerful I have a friend who used to print out all the lyrics of their favorite artist and all the chord charts and learned everything Mm. about this particular artist in order to like get inside of the process Mm -hmm. of like how this person created music and Mm -hmm. lyrics and like this my friend did this in order to learn the rules in order to break them Mm -hmm. and it's just so powerful like to take somebody that you admire to learn their process not so that you can copy them I think that that's like not the intent at at all but so that you can like Learn from them, Mm -hmm. you know, so that you can like truly learn from their experience, go through like how their mind works so that you can see, okay, if I take this knowledge that I've learned from just being educated in whatever skill set I have, plus I take what I'm learning from this person by imitating their work for a Mm -hmm. little season in life, plus I take my personality then like creating this like Mm -hmm. unique thing in the world. I think it's so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I
2: kind of, so there's a and a particular artist um, who kind of like some stuff that they were putting out was very like reminiscent of another artist. And so many friends I had were like, oh, they're just copying so-and-so. They're just copying so-and-so. And And they were like irritated by it. Mm. And I was like, why are we mad that they're like, they obviously find inspiration and like they're learning. And I think that it's, I just think it's weird that we don't even allow people that, that space mm-hmm. to learn we're like no you you have to go from zero to a hundred you have to be nothing to everything and so there was that person was the artist like publishing music no, that was like it, yeah I mean it was like music but I not their music didn't sound like it it, it was uh-huh. just like maybe the uh, vibe they were putting out you okay. know what I mean like they were kind of creating like their persona mm-hmm. and it was very reminiscent of another artist and it's just like it's it's weird to me that we're, like, mad about that, right? You know? I'm like, obviously, we don't want you to be a copycat, but that's that's not what this is. Like, if you... I think that there's a fine line. You can tell there, somebody, I was just going to say,
1: there's such a fine line. Yeah.
2: You can tell when somebody is just, like, copying somebody mm-hmm. and when they're, like, actually experimenting mm-hmm. and, right. like, finding out who they are within a certain space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's weird to me that we're like, oh, you have to be, like, nobody and then exactly who you're going to be for the rest of your life. Right. You know? There's no... There's no in between, and that is crazy.
1: Well, we're allowed to evolve, right? Like, look at right. John Mayer. Like, their early albums are so different from his new stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And like, we've seen the evolution of John Mayer throughout all right. his albums. Also, John Mayer, if you ever listen to this, <laughs> I'm still just waiting on you. Waiting on you. We just never know, who your listeners. Yeah. Are. It's
0: true. We're, you know, they they the seven degrees away from Kevin Bacon. They say that that's like been. Not because of the internet it's like, age, it's like two or three degrees away, so there's definitely somebody listening to this who knows somebody who knows John Mayer. Mm-hmm. and yeah. um, I'm
2: your girl, John, yeah, we're just throwing it out. Lindsay's
0: there. Lindsay's number <laughs> is <laughs> <laughs> um that I mean, it's basically what you were talking, Lindsay was talking about, and Sarah like reminded me that the copying others it's it's funny how fast it goes from. This person is copying this other person. But if they just add one or two other people's influences mm-hmm. into that,
2: mm-hmm.
0: now it's original and now they are genius.
2: Right. It's yeah. the
0: people who are able, Who? It's the. it's always the artist who have the most influences mm-hmm. who are the biggest mm. geniuses right. of their field because right. they're pulling from so many so different many. avenues. And it may not even be all musicians like they're they're like their guitar you know is 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 is, they kind of pull that from john mayer but they're also pulling something from
2: we could say their know. lyrics are from some beautiful poet. And, right. You know, I like, guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> but, but then also they did a summer internship at a carpentry firm right. and they're taking these like sounds that they remember from like all of mm. the machinery and they're thinking about how musical that was and then bringing that into as an influence into their music. And it's like all of those little things that they're bringing in together, it goes into uh, the concept that everything is a remix right and the people who remix the most the people who basically there's a quote that is um the originality is i i okay i'm gonna it's a paraphrase quote by me because i cannot <laughs> remember the actual quote but it's essentially that originality is is just the the people who we call the most original are those who are the best at hiding their sources. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. And because n- technically really nobody's original. Nothing is. Original. Everything Nothing's is under the sun. is influenced by everything else, but if you take in a lot of influences mm-hmm. and you hide your source as well, mm-hmm. now it's like this brand new thing.
2: Right. You know what's a good example? I always go to music for some reason, but um Cuz it's so easy. It's, it's so such easy. an easy way to I feel play. like um you know before we had Obviously, there were a lot of, like, revolutionary music situations. But then um, now we kind of, like, don't have that. We have, like, everything, every music genre you could think of, I feel like we have now. Right. But you have these artists coming in and kind of, like, destroying genres altogether, which is revolutionary. So you have, like, the 1975 who are taking influences from literally everywhere. Post Malone is a really good example of that, too. Like, he loves country music. And he influences all of that stuff into his like hip hop rap stuff, which is just like how country and rap, I don't, you know, and like two opposites, two opposites. (laughs) But it's it's making such cool sounds now, and I think that's a really good example. Yeah, Yeah. that's so cool.
0: Yes, so I want to. We're getting towards the end, so I want to bring it back to the faking it till you make it, Mm -hmm. and maybe give. Practical advice and or encouragement for those maybe who are more so on your two like side of of life where they have passions, Mm -hmm. but they do not, they're insecure in what they're doing and don't feel like they are able to say, Mm -hmm. I'm a cupcake baker. I'm a photographer, you know, I'm a YouTuber. I mean- I guess I just want to continue that conversation into the people who are in that in their life right now. Yeah. What do we have to say to them?
2: Well, I mean a lot, but I think one of the things is somebody told me one time, like you, regardless of your titles and accolades and whatever, whatever, regardless of what you're getting paid for, you are a writer for Mm -hmm. me personally. Like, because like it doesn't like work doesn't actually define you even if like you're pa- you're doing what you're passionate about like that doesn't define you what defines you is like what you love and you know so like even if you aren't getting paid for what you love like that's who you are to your core yeah um and that has really helped me i guess kind of like remember and also like moving to new york actually really helped me in kind of trying to or starting to believe that like I am a writer even if I'm not getting paid for it because everybody here is doing something for money that they they don't care about, right? Like everybody I meet, they're like, oh what do you do? They're like, oh I'm a dancer. And then through conversation I find out that they actually work in an office building, but they dance on the weekends or whatever. But it's like that's your passion dance on the weekends can have a negative
0: (laughs) a different connotation.
2: (laughs) Broadway, 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 yeah. Broadway, <laughs> Broadway. Um, but it's like it it's like your passion is is who you are whether you're getting paid for it or not so I think just kind of being confident in like what you love is really important
1: yeah for me one of the things that's really helped me like claim my identity is just saying affirmations like I just have a huge background in affirmations like when I was little my Mom used to drive us to school and we'd sit outside of this tree at our our school and we weren't allowed to go into school until we said our affirmations for the day. Mm. Like, Sylvia kept us late from from school until the affirmations were said and done. But I think that there is just something to say about claiming things over yourself and like believing positive things over yourself before you ever are those things. And I think that we wait too long to feel something Mm -hmm. when it's like, we're not going to feel all the feels right away like sometimes like we have to like train our heads to get there before our hearts can get there yeah and yeah so I think for me like one of the biggest things was just like saying affirmations over myself and like claiming that creativity like claiming the fact that I am a designer and like saying like I am a designer my work is sought after people hear my name and they want to work with me and saying that kind of stuff until I actually really started believing it and now like I deeply believe it and not do I just believe it, but I'm seeing it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm seeing like people say, you are my wish list. Like I cannot wait to work with you. I'm saving up my money. Mm-hmm. Like people are like in line to work with me. Like, but that all came from a place of affirming myself first and not waiting for the rest of the world to affirm, affirm us. Yeah. And I think that that's what it comes down to is like we have to stop waiting for the rest of the world to affirm us in whatever it is we want and begin af- affirming ourselves first.
0: I think another thing in that is what Sarah says actually a lot is that you have to put out into the world what you want to receive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you are sitting on the fact that you want to be a photographer, and we keep using these same examples. (laughs) they're Yeah, they're easy easy because they're relevant to us. But if you, you want to be a photographer, but you never tell anybody... Or you never Mm -hmm. put it out there that that's something that you want, it's never gonna happen. Right. And so I think there is like this area of of life of that you can put out there that you want to be Mm -hmm. a photographer, you want to do something, and you can move, take steps, and move towards that. And that you don't have to say I am a photographer. Mm -hmm. It's one hundred percent okay to say. I want to be a photographer or I'm working towards being a photographer. I am working towards being a carpenter. I'm, you know, you are on a journey. Right. And I think that, I think it's very much true. I don't know. Maybe you have more thoughts on it, but I've heard you say that a lot. Of Mm -hmm. just like, you have to put the vibe. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Put out good vibes. You get good vibes back. Yeah. I think it's true. I look at it more like a mysterious universe kind of way, but um, even generally speaking, people don't know if you're, a good graphic designer if they never know you're a graphic designer and um I think always having like an open mind and an open heart and like a willingness to learn I think that is the key to like getting where you want to go right you know what I mean and so I think like we said like even if you don't really know photography yet but you want to and you want to be a photographer just like find other photographers Mm -hmm. and say like hey I love your work I would love to shadow you like I just want to learn, you know, and that is the quickest educator, first of all, like you will learn so much doing that and you're not faking, (laughs) like you're not being this person who's being inauthentic and, you know, whatever, like you're being a true human being who is learning an art and people will work with you. Like, I think, I think we don't value personality and character as much as As we should. should in that aspect like or I think we don't we don't realize how much it actually plays a part I think like if you're a good person people will work with you despite if you're not like the best photographer ever they care about
1: personality so much yes Mm -hmm. yeah
2: and I think that we don't we don't take that into consideration so if you just like live with an open mind and open heart and like a willingness to learn people will want to teach you and then you will be the best photographer. Yeah.
0: So. So I think it, maybe this is all wrapping up because I feel like we touched on this in the beginning too, that be okay with the process.
1: Yeah. The yeah. process.
0: Like you don't have to go from uh, teller at a bank mm-hmm. to professional wedding photographer in a week. Right. You can have a process and mm-hmm. it's okay to share the process if you want. Like yeah. it's, it's not uh, shameful to be bad at something. Yeah. Like, it's okay. It's like, something to
1: celebrate, yeah. yeah, right? Because, like, we're all bad at something when we first start. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know anybody who's, like, amazing right right out the gate.
0: Right.
2: Well, it's like the Ira Glass quote, quote where he talks about that. Like, in the beginning of anything, like, your taste and your skill level are so... There's oh. such a big gap. Mm-hmm. And, like, the whole goal is to create and create and create to close that gap. And right. to hopefully have your skills match your taste, but really your skills should always be behind your taste. Like yeah. it will always fall behind it's your to taste, close, but yeah. it's the close, it's the to gap. close
0: the gap. Cause when in yeah. the beginning, the gap is massive. Yeah. yeah. And it's hate. fine.
2: You should allow yourself to be a beginner because mm-hmm. that's how you become an there's expert. There's no
1: shame in it. And I think that that's the key is like, everyone starts off as a beginner. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to, like, there's no shame. Like we just want to be so good automatically because that's what we see and that's mm-hmm. what we admire. But mm-hmm. it's, like, everybody started at the start.
0: Yep. Right. And, yeah. I mean, it's just, like, the whole, this whole YouTube space that has popped up, you know, it, for years now, but especially in the last, like, two to three years of, like, this vlogging scene mm-hmm. and how people basically, within video five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, they right. think, you know, everybody feels like, I put out 10 videos. I should be rich by now. Yeah. You know, and it's like you, that is a not, I'm not even specifically talking about YouTube in that, in that way, because that is a example of literally everything. Yeah. You never,
2: but it's like you, you
0: we all forget or we don't seek out the knowledge to know the years and years and years and years and years of work it took for somebody to be an overnight success mm-hmm. well, i was gonna
2: say marquez is a good youtuber example he uploaded his 100th video before he had 100 subscribers wow and now and now he he was like six millions as now he's million? one of the know. biggest youtubers he's huge like, he's like
0: at least top 20 has to be
2: yeah he's like definitely top in the tech space oh yeah and, like, he put out a hundred videos before that wasn't even success, you know? <laughs> like, a hundred subscribers isn't even, like, success. But he
1: just kept doing it, yeah. you know? We just have to be willing to put in the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Put in the work and be okay with the process. And another fake it till you make it quote is um, that I, I don't even, like, we have no idea who said any of these things. I know. <laughs> We, we literally, we make up everything. We're just faking this, acting like we're smart. These are all just quotes that we are made of ourselves. It we make yeah. It. yeah. Um, but you guys know the quote, I, whoever said that don't, um, dress for the income you have, but dress for the income yeah. that you want. Oh yeah. yeah. And it's like that in, in itself kind of is that way of, you're putting out the things that you want to get, because if you are trying to make a million dollars, but you dress like you make a hundred dollars, your likelihood of making it to a million is...
2: Until you're it, at it, a certain it, success level, and then
1: you can, right. you're can you allowed to look no. however you want. And, and again... <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. And then you can wear your hoodies again. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. But you'll move and think and act a different way because you gave yourself that opportunity to be in that mm-hmm. skin. Yeah. Yep. And that's what it comes down to. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, thank you all for listening to Deeply Curious. We're going to end it there because I'm sure if we started talking again, we could keep talking for another oh, yeah. hour and, or more or plus. For sure. So, um, this podcast, as a reminder, is sponsored by Audible. You can check out. Thousands of audiobooks and download a free audiobook of your choice by doing the uh, trial yeah. by going to audible deeply curious fm. Download a couple books, cancel the trial. Like I said, I don't care what you do after that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, where uh, again with for Lindsay, where where all the can they find you? Uh, wow, well, on, on the on the internet,
1: on yeah. the <laughs> um, Instagram. Lindsay Aaron L-I-N-D-S-E-Y E-R-Y-N oh the, the Y, the Y the Y. yeah and the Daring Romantics or LindsayAaron.com
0: amazing cool. so if you want to check out the Daring Romantics podcast just go to whatever podcasting app you like and love search for the Daring Romantics it'll be right there yeah. and uh, take a listen it'll also be linked in the show notes thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next week bye bye <laughs>